Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to episode 3 of Excuse the Views. On this episode, I spoke with a full-time photographer, Kanisha Fisher. She told me her story about becoming the entrepreneur she is now, the leap of faith she took when going full-time, her world during this pandemic, gear, and advice to young people such as myself when going into a creative field. This is one of my favorite episodes by far, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Enjoy. How did you find photography? and or how did it find you oh i like how it was worded um i will say that photography for me i was always around it imagine always being in the same spaces with someone that you eventually meet um but always being around it was key early so my dad was into photography so he had a lot of medium format cameras mamias things like that really cool stuff that looked cool i knew they were cameras but i liked the camera itself not necessarily what they produced so He took a ton of pictures of us when we were younger, my brother and I, and we just had a camera all the time around. So that was pretty cool growing up. But for me, originally getting into commercial art classes Mm -hmm. was where I really found photography in college. So I originally went to school to be an architect, realized there was way more math than I wanted to do. I'm not a math person. (laughs) Math is like, it has too many right answers. I don't like that. Like with English, you can always have numerous right Right. answers. (laughs) I don't like for there to be one. Um, So that kind of transitioned easily into really loving commercial art and then loving the photography classes that came along with it. And I was like, this might work. That's awesome. Good to hear. Okay. Um, So after that, you probably got a couple gigs here and there. And uh, when did you decide to go full time with photo? Well, that's a great question because I think that I was full time with a lot of things at the same time. Like I was full all the time was the problem. Mm -hmm. So I come out of college. I'm, you know, 21. So I got an associates in commercial art and photography. Thought about going back to school, but school and I don't really get along. Like I was homeschooled for high school. So that structured learning situation, I was like, this is kind of not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I end up working for Signature, which is a local local um, school photography company here in town. End up working for them for a while. And it just kind of felt like a puppy mill of photography. Yeah. I ended up consistently taking these pictures that felt really empty because, you know, you're, you're dealing with kids, you got 45 seconds, and they just want a picture for the yearbook. They're not looking for anything with a lot of expression or anything like that. So it didn't really interest me as much. From there, I moved on to shooting a couple of sessions for friends. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was working full time, had my first kiddo. Mm-hmm. Right after I had my twins was when I was working at Bahama Breeze. So I was a server mm-hmm. and absolutely loved serving. Would do it every day of the week That's if awesome. I could. Just don't have enough time. Yeah. <laughs> and one of my bartender friends was getting married. And so he's like, hey, I know that you do photography. I was like, ah, I really don't do weddings. That's a big deal. He says, well, listen, I, I, you know, I just, I'm trying to find as many close friends to be vendors as possible. I really want it to be this intimate affair. I was like, yeah, dude, I don't think it's me. And he was like, well, do you have a digital camera? I was like, no, I'm still shooting film, man. Like, yeah. I can't do it. He goes, well, what if I buy you a digital camera and you shoot my wedding with it? And I was like, mm, you know, your <laughs> eyebrow goes up there. And so he buys me my first digital camera like six weeks before his wedding. Mm-hmm. And I'm pumped. So I take pictures of everything, learn the camera inside and out in like maybe a month. And I shoot his wedding and I don't think anything of it. And then a friend of mine, a really close friend of mine calls and says, hey, my friends are getting married down in E-Town and they need somebody because, you know, they've got five kids together. Mm-hmm. There's a blended family. Did they see your work at all? 
So they saw the work that I shot from this wedding because my best friend had seen it. Yeah. And so she told them, yo, you should get my friend to shoot your wedding because I know you're on this tight budget. And I was like, uh, maybe. So I go down there. I take their pictures. And from just those two weddings in the end of 2005, um, my dad, who's always been in business, was like, well, maybe you should look into this. I was like, I don't know. This sounds a little sounds like a little much. And so my ex-husband, and he's an ex-husband for a reason at the time, was kind of <laughs> mocking me. And he goes, what are you going to do? I said, well, my goal is I just want to tell stories. I just want people to see mm. themselves. And he goes, that sounds real once, once upon a flash or something like that. And I go, nonchalant. hmm, once upon a flash. <laughs> How so crazy I, is that? Real crazy. So, you know, like any person who gets a camera for Christmas, I slap once upon a flash on a whole bunch of flyers. And I'm at a wedding show in January. Don't know why. Don't no know. clue why. Don't know why. So I'm at this wedding show. And I book like seven weddings for 2006. Jeez. I'm like, this is ridiculous. People are going to pay me money to take their yeah, pictures? A lot of money, too. A lot of money. So I take their pictures. No, that was two. No, I started in 2006. So this was the full year of 2007. January 2007, I do a wedding so show. Seven. January 2008, I book 30 weddings for the year. Wow. That's I'm crazy. like, bruh. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I'm doing little shoots on the side, too. It's allowing me this secondary income. So I'm serving and kind of hanging out with So you're kind of part-time serving and shooting Kind of full-time sh- serving, full-time shooting weddings. On, so, the, on the weekend. Yeah. That's so, crazy. It's bananas. It's genuinely bananas. I have three small kids at home. I have zero extra time. Because, you know, when you're not shooting, you're editing. Right. So When do you sleep? I don't know. Like who sleeps? That's for chumps. <laughs> so I mess around and I do this for like a year. And then 2009 hits me in the face and I'm like just as booked. So I raise all my prices, like almost double my prices. People still pay for it, which was insane. That's crazy. And then in 2009, 2010, all of my wedding people started to have kids. So I kind of got my first taste of like infant photography. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I was going through a huge divorce because, you know, divorce. I had three preschool children and I'm like, what am I going to do? So I'm still waiting tables. I'm working odd jobs and I'm doing photography, you know, just to kind of keep myself busy. Sure. That's what I did. And all of a sudden it was like, I'm going to throw myself at this full force. So while still maintaining, I'd say a part-time job, but servers know that it feels like a full-time job serving. Mm -hmm. I launched this business in like 2012 really hard. It's been on the it's been on the books since 2006, but 2012 I really go at it for mm-hmm. two years. I'm like hammering down weddings. And you're still serving part time. Still serving. That's awesome. And doing weddings, so I'm I'm full time in the photography game mm-hmm. by 2012, but I'm also holding down, you know, a job at a restaurant always. So by 2014, I had to have major pelvic surgery, um, dealing with the complications from my twin pregnancy, and. After that, I was like, I'm going to shoot just like I started to specialize in 2015. Yeah. And for the last five years, all I've done mostly is children and babies. Children and babies. That's that's crazy story. Um, Bananas. So I'm sure it was quite a leap of faith for you um, knowing that you didn't have because photos like such a different world from like any other job. Right. Because, you know, you're going to get paid um, like a base salary. But when it comes to freelance stuff like this in this industry or creative world, you don't know what you're going to get because, yeah. I mean, who knows a pandemic, right? I don't know. Hey, you, know I mean, you know, pandemic, this has <laughs> been fun. 2020 has been a learning experience. One thing I am is flexible. Mm-hmm. 
I think, you know, you have kids, you become a little bit more flexible. Creatives, our minds work a little differently. You have to be. You absolutely have to be. And so what being in photography full-time taught me, because I walked away from serving in 2015, launched myself, well, 2014, launched myself full-time into the business. And you just, you basically live like you don't know what's going to happen because you don't. Mm. You live this month, but you plan for next year. So you're constantly, you know, squirreling away this money, but, you know, having to spend this amount of money because everything's an investment. And, you know, you can't live in fear. You cannot live scared when you're an entrepreneur. You have to be willing to take a ton of risk. Absolutely. So, yeah, 2015 to 2020 was crazy. In 2019, I had one of my biggest years. You know, I'm shooting daycare photography because those clients that started are now Mm -hmm. their kids are in daycare. But mostly... Um, shooting newborns and I was shooting them in my home. And so the top of 2019, I was like, I'm going to start looking (laughs) for studio space so that I can move next year, the top of 2020. So I start looking in January by April, I've secured a location twice as big as what I thought I would have had to do all of the construction myself, Mm -hmm. which was, this was a 2019. This was the beginning of 2019. I had no plans on finding a space. Mm -hmm. So I started looking January, have keys by April. To a space that's twice as big that needs all this construction. So all last summer, I'm thinking this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. But you kept working on it. Right. And I'm also <laughs> like shooting in my house still and outside. So we had the grand opening September 7th last year, 2019. I have my best Christmas season ever. That's great. Because I'm able to like just shoot however many, you know, I can leave everything up. Everything's, I can run two or three different sets at a time. People really responded. And then, you know, January rolls around. I'm getting my business plan to get a finishing you it up for 2020. Yeah, okay, cool. That's kind of stinks that there's this virus over there. Um, but. daycare photography really is like 30% of my income. So I'm getting mm-hmm. ready for the spring season at daycare. I'll go ahead and order my backdrops. And I hear a little bit more about this coronavirus thing. And I'm like, oh, that's, ooh, that's getting a little serious. Getting kind of serious. People are making jokes about it's not in the corona beer. Ha ha. My birthday (laughs) was January 11th. It was March 11th, the day Mm -hmm. they declared the pandemic in America. And March 13th. What a birthday. Yeah, that was fun. (laughs) Hey, 39, here's the pandemic. So March 13th, that Friday, they shut the world down. Yeah. The week before I started daycare spring pictures. And I was like, ooh, this should be interesting. So when it comes to your clients, Mm -hmm. um, did you reach out to them or did they reach out to you right away Um, when they found out, when this all broke news? Well, at the time, you know, because I do newborn photography, there Mm -hmm. is no social distancing from a newborn. A lot of people were already on the books and it was time for me to be reassuring to them because you're already in a really, I couldn't imagine trying to have a baby in a pandemic. Like that's that's a a huge mental hurdle. Yeah. So I just reached out to them and said, hey, don't worry about it. We will get gorgeous images of your newborn when when the time comes. Mm-hmm. So I really had to put a lot of people on the back burner. I had to cancel a lot of like first year sessions, people, things that are time based. Mm-hmm. That's hard. It's yeah. really hard. So I sit at home and, you know, I twiddle my thumbs for the first time in my entire life <laughs> for like maybe three days. And then it was like, all right. Let's get something done. So I start thinking on the creative side, what can I do? Let's look at these rules. Okay, six feet social distancing. That's nothing a you know, long range zoom lens can't right. can't help. So I start getting into the the fad of porch sessions. 
which was really amazing because people got to be themselves on their porch. People were worried about their landscape. I'm like, don't worry about it. Let's just take pictures of where you are in your family right now. So a lot of clients reach out to me, hey, are you doing the porch sessions? I am. Or I, you know, I'd go and send a couple of emails to some regular clients and say, hey, let's get this done. Let's capture where you yeah. are right and now. And what a lot of people don't understand is the whole point of a portrait is the person, right? Exactly. Your subject. So the true beauty, beauty of it is mm-hmm. not necessarily the background, but the client themselves. So, right. Um, you said you did invest in a new lens for for this pro- these upcoming shoots? Or? Well, I didn't have to invest in lens. I had the zoom lens, you but okay. one of the investments I did make, because that's the weird thing, like investing when you're not making money, mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'm a newborn photographer. I can't currently, I couldn't currently take pictures of newborns. Super stressful, because there is a skill level to newborn photography. Right. And I, w- I had already been working and you don't get clients like they don't just fall through the door. You have to have a relationship with people. So I invested in something called a stand in baby. So it's this this I guess you could call it a doll, but fake it has baby? fake baby. Yeah, <laughs> it has titanium joints that only go as far as a human being's body does. Oh it's gosh. weighted to like seven pounds. Cr- looks super creepy, but it's super amazing. But it looks real. It looks real. It looks real. So it's wow. got silica, like silicone. You, you bought this, dude? Like off Amazon? Well, no, I bought it from their company, but oh. yeah, sure, <laughs> Amazon. You kids nowadays, but um, <laughs> but it was a huge investment. And how do you spend four or five hundred bucks? When you have zero income. Uh, so like that's that's what my brain did was like that little, you know, that little noise where your brain like explodes a little. Mm-hmm. But I had to tell myself, I have to stay sharp. You know, yeah. you know about staying sharp. Oh, like yeah. you're playing lacrosse right now and you're mm-hmm. out here working out because you know at any moment your body's gonna need to be called back to its level. Yep. So I invested in the standing baby and my thought process was okay, while I'm down, what I'll do is I'll start to photograph all of the setups I have with this stand-in baby that's smart and then build this pdf that i can send to clients to make it an even better experience yeah. now they go up on the website too well i haven't put it on the website because i genuinely want it to be like something like a physical brochure that i can mail to people okay. people really they like can, getting they mail. Can have it they can have it and they can go through and they can see what they want and then i'll adjust something to like a website design to where they can go in and select the setups that they mm-hmm. want and the colors people love to customize things yeah I mean, my kid customizes every pair of shoes he orders because (laughs) he's my kid. So just being able to give clients something more. Now, not everybody did anything during a pandemic, and that's fine. I want to make that disclaimer that if you literally just sat around and protected your mental health, smart on you. Mm -hmm. Or just got a break from the world. Yeah, take a second. But for me, my break was I finally got to do something that I've been wanting to do and just didn't have the time. So I got to really invest in my business in a way that was on the back end. And that was that was really edifying to me and my business soul to mm-hmm. feel like I know that there's worth in this. Right. I know that there's value in this and I'm going to invest in myself. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about gear. So when you shoot babies, newborns, maternity, what is your go to lens? Ooh. So if, there's two. Um, I was shooting real heavy with my Sigma Art 35 um, mm-hmm. 1.4, but I was realizing I was getting a little bit of distortion, especially on the newborns, because okay. it allowed me to be super close, but I was getting that real weird big head, little body syndrome. Yeah. So I switched back to my Canon 1.4 50 millimeter. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the sweet spot. That 50 millimeter distance is 
clutch when it comes to being able to be close enough safely to handle the baby, but being able to be far enough to where you don't get that distortion. Yeah. And you're full frame, so mm-hmm. you could get a little bit closer yeah. compared to like a crop. Correct. Definitely. So I shoot a Canon 5D Mark III, which is full frame, and that is a workhorse. Oh, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of other gear that goes into newborn photography. Like Lighting. My, my top three are my noise machine, my space heater, and there's this thing called a Lulla Vibes. So it's a little, like it looks like a little bitty tennis racket, but it's it vibrates so you mm-hmm. can put it on the table with the baby. Um, Does it keep them calm? Yeah. So those three things are like the trifecta. Warm. Such a different world. Noise. I know. Uh, full bellies. You know, calm, you know, calming warmth. Babies cannot stand to be cold. So those are the little tricks. Mm-hmm. The fact that I wear gloves, even before the pandemic, I wear um, like winter cloth gloves, a little dollar once you mm-hmm. find at Target. Because my hands may run colder than a baby. So if I touch them, it jars them. Mm-hmm. So by just putting on cotton gloves, it makes my touch not cold. So, so you're there with the gloves on and you're adjusting yeah, and adjusting and, you know, you have to really watch baby's hands because they'll crinkle them up and their little fingertips will turn white. So, yeah. so that it doesn't look stressful, you have to constantly like move fingers and adjust little cheeks and has, stuff. Has any like parents been like weird about that at all? Have you ever um, had anyone? I've had once or one or two, but usually you have to look at the fact that there's an underlying situation. So you've got moms that are dealing with postpartum issues. You've got, you know, babies that were in the NICU. You've got mm-hmm. parents that have, you know, had infertility issues for years and this baby is like a golden child. Yeah. So if you see that, there's usually an issue behind it. It's not that they don't trust you. It's just everything freaks them out. And new you. parents, like, they have no idea what they're doing. They're just out here green. They, they don't know. The baby still like smells like a uterus. So they're freaking out. <laughs> Uh, but you have to be the calm in the room because, you know, I have to handle a baby. And, you know, the first time you see that in the hospital is like when a nurse is like pretty much just playing hacky sack with your infant. Mm -hmm. And you're like, dude, can you chill? But they know that babies are pretty resilient. Um, That's funny. My sister's on a mother baby float team. Mm -hmm. Norton, she just graduated from Galen. Um, Go sis. Go Haley. Um, Shout out Haley. She didn't get a graduation. Yeah. Um, I didn't really get one either, but that's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Sorry. It's all right. It's all right. I didn't really want to sit through it. I don't. Everyone asked me, would you? No. <laughs> I didn't, didn't want to waste my time and just wait to grab a piece of paper and walk. Yeah. No. But you're a little bit more level-headed. Some people really want the palm and The thing is, this mm-hmm. is for parents. It's not for you. Like, oh, yeah. we did all this work. Yeah. Yeah. Extended my husband family. got super emotional about our son kind of missing really? out on graduation. I didn't expect it. But I think... You know, he's our first child. Well, he's his first child. It's, you know, our first child. We don't have any kids together. But watching him kind of come to this culmination and it, like, fizzle out mm-hmm. was really hard. So even with the virtual graduation. How do you still, feel about it? Well, you know, even though he's my stepson, I love him like he's my kiddo. I am I'm more on the logical side. So yeah. emotion, like, I thought about, okay, Kenneth is a senior next year who's my biological mm-hmm. firstborn. And if this would have been him, yeah, I would have been a little bummed, but... You know, there's a logic to it for me. But I think a lot of people got really emotional because this is the first time this has ever happened. Mm -hmm. You you miss a lot of those little steps. And that's why I think we sometimes take for granted um, the the core feelings that come around traditions. Right. Like what traditions do you watch? I'm going to flip the table on you. What traditions do you have in your family that you absolutely love, whether it's around a holiday or it's, you know, something you do? You have one? Yeah. What is it? Uh, probably when my, on my dad's, so my grandparents, my dad's side come in town, mm-hmm. we always make meatballs. 
There you go. We have to make meatballs. You if have you don't to. make meatballs, it's like a something's sin. wrong. <laughs> yeah, something's wrong. Something's wrong. So imagine your grandparents are coming in town. You're super pumped about your grandparents coming in town. They get there and they're like, "So we're not going to make meatballs. Well, let's just order some meatballs." Like your face right then. Yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> like that was an expletive. Your eyebrows just said, mm-hmm. "Why would we even do that?" So for a lot of parents to go from kindergarten to 12th grade, preschool, all these things, every single report card, everything you've done to have this senior year kind of stripped away is literally like ordering meatballs. Yeah. Like going and buying a bag of Kroger meatballs, heating them up, throwing some sauce on them. Oh yeah. You're going to, you wouldn't even eat that. You would rather starve. Depending on the person. Depend. Yeah. Well, I'm saying for your tradition. Oh yeah. I'd be disgusted. That would be, yeah, you'd be disgusted. (laughs) And even though, you know, let's, let's say that your grandparents said, okay, we're sick and we can't make meatballs. Let's just go buy some. You're still like, hmm. I can make them for you. Yeah. You, just you teach, do just anything. Tell me, tell me you what do to do. Anything. <laughs> what to get. But in this moment, you realize this is what we have to do. And it is absolutely not what I want. That's where a lot of parents were. So it was interesting to kind of watch this, you know, COVID-19 move, shift people mm-hmm. in both positive and negative ways, shift businesses. Like I've got a lot of people who there's no way they could have paid, you know, rent that they had for three or four months. Right. I am in a ridiculously fortunate position to where I was able to. Because I had a phenomenal season last year. Mm-hmm. Big saver. Yeah. Well, okay. Sure. Sure. I, I mean, am. I am a smart saver. I like to save enough, but I'm not. I'm not afraid to spend. Afraid of the risk. Yeah. Good. I mean, that's how I am too. Yeah. Especially when it comes to like photo gear, you have to be able to like invest in yourself. Everything costs a thousand dollars. Or more. Everything like off top, <laughs> everything costs a thousand. So when when your business genuinely always calls for a thousand dollars, you kind of get used to spending a thousand dollars. It hurts a little bit. It hurts a lot it. of bit. It is worth a lot it. of bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just, you open it in the box is this big. So you're like, this cost me a thousand dollars. So you yeah. open this little lens box and it's just glass and, yep, pl- glass it. and plastic. And you're like, hmm, okay. But if you think about it. all the, the design, the engineering that goes into it. So much. I'm sure it's crazy. So much. Um, when it comes to that meatball analogy mm-hmm. or just like that perspective in general, my, my dad, like just like, um, you like my mom's the more level-headed one mm-hmm. she's like okay did you get good grades that's all i care about yeah, <laughs> she yeah. Didn't care. your dad's worried about your character my as dad's well. like oh yeah. well well what do you need to do go go put up your uh go put on your uh cap and gown let's take pictures mm-hmm. i was like no i don't, I don't yeah. feel like doing that um, yeah, my husband said hey uh can you do jamil senior pictures I was like jamil said he didn't want senior pictures and my husband's like i want senior pictures and i was like <laughs> okay weirdo so did you take them yeah i did of course you did of course i did <laughs> So, I mean, we, we made it great. And then from the senior pictures that turned into like this huge announce, like he, he built this like mm-hmm. trifold announcement that he mm-hmm. mailed to everybody. And I was like, I could see where it really impacted him. You know, this is, this is our kid hitting this milestone as a young man. And the really rough thing, like we had, Jamil had worked every single year. Third grade on was just a struggle. Yeah. He gets to about sophomore year in high school. We're ready to put him in the Vitamix like a piece at a time and push him down the garbage disposal because he's just barely <laughs> making the grade. Like it's rough. And like senior year, he just decides to turn it all around. Mm-hmm. His grade point average is great. He's getting his work done. We're not on him. And then boom. Like it was almost like for him rough because for the first time he'd finally gotten his act together. Uh-oh. And then this is how he's rewarded. And I think my, my husband really felt bad for him because he mm-hmm. had finally done the work. He had finally done it. And here he still kind of got slighted. So that was that was tough. You guys trying to do anything uh, special for him? Well, we did do a little um, 
like a little outdoor, you know, because of coronavirus, we did like a little outdoor get together. Mm. Um, he just wanted to play basketball with his friends. So the second they put the, the hoops up, you yeah. know, they got to play for uh, like two Saturdays ago or last Saturday, maybe we, you know, had a little thing where he was able to get together Good. with some friends Good. and everybody dropped off cards. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. I'm having a graduation party soon. Turn up. Yep. You're invited if you want. Yes, um, I'm definitely coming. Awesome. You'll get. Chipotle. Are there going to be meatballs? No. Oh, damn. probably Chipotle. I love Chipotle. That's fair. I like Chipotle. Um, but I'm more Qdoba, but I'll, I'll team Chipotle with Team Qdoba? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Chipotle's queso is trash, bro. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Absolutely trash. I could agree with that. Okay. Fair. As long as we're on the same page. Um, last question to end off. What it, one piece of advice to a young and upcoming creative would you give? That's tough. <laughs> um, I don't think I do one thing at a time ever. Um, jump jump absolutely jump um story time when i was in college i was working for ups we take this whitewater rafting trip up in hico west virginia mm-hmm. random and they take you on this raft you're on the raft all day uh and you get halfway through and they pull you up and you do lunch and then this last like hey we're gonna do this cliff jump up the mm-hmm. you know, up the way so basically it's this cliff x amount of feet off the ground i don't know where you can go up, jump into the rapids. Super cool. Got on life jacket. No, no big deal. Water's still underneath you. So there's like a group of us that are getting ready to go and jump. Maybe 12. I think there's like maybe 20 of us on the trip. So there's this one girl. And I mean, she's super sweet. She can swim like a fish. But she's slightly afraid of heights. Like not really like tremble, but she just doesn't like it. So she's going back and forth mm-hmm. about does she go, does she go, does she go. She gets in line with us to go. We should have put her first. We should have put her up there first and just knocked her clean off because like she's like fifth in line. I'm seventh in line. She's fifth in line. So I'm watching her like constantly look forward, look back, look forward, look back. And like she lets the girl behind her go in front of her. Mm-hmm. And it was at that moment I knew I was like, OK, so now she's in front of me. Yeah. What's going to happen? <laughs> like, is she going to jump? So it gets to be her turn, And she goes to look at me. I said, dude, do it. And she's like. I don't know. I said, if you don't do it, don't stand behind me and tell the next person to go for you. Mm-hmm. Either walk down now or jump. And she looks me in my face. And I mean, you could see, you could see like this fear. Yeah. She turns around, she looks, she walks back down the cliff. She goes and gets in the boat. I jump <laughs> for the rest of the day, for the next two days, all you hear from her is, dang it, I should have done it. Dang it, I should have done it. Should have, would have, could have. Ah, I really should have done that. Because everybody else is talking about how, you know, we all have this common experience now of what it felt like it's yeah. in our past. And for her, it didn't happen. She was right there. Had she jumped, it, and it's not like anything amazing would have happened to her. It's not like she turned no. into a different person. It's, it's the, just she would have had the knowledge of what would have happened if she would have rather than if she would not. I'm going to send you a link later today. It is a 10-minute video. I want you to watch it. Okay. You send it out to your to your fan base because we know that's getting bigger by the minute. <laughs> and um, it's a Swedish video of people to jump from a 10-meter diving board. And it's like sound mic'd in to mm-hmm. watch like their thought process. Yeah. It is what, that is literally what it is like to be a creative. You're constantly wondering. And then once you jump, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. So just jump. Go, whatever it is, you're better off trying it then you are constantly wondering what would have happened. And I know that sounds super cliche and it sounds like it's on a fortune cookie and you're going to read about it on a little thing in Hobby Lobby. Don't. Seriously, at least try it. 
If it sucks, fine. But you have the thought process of it sucked. Go ears deep. Like this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Go ears deep into the water. Don't stand on the shore. Don't just get your ankles wet. Don't just get your knees wet. Go ears deep until you can see how far you have to swim. Mm -hmm. Even if you can't swim, at least you know you got as far as you did. That's awesome. Dead serious. That's a great story. Gotta do what you gotta do. Well, thank you, Kanisha, for being on this Excuse the Views episode. Sure thing. Um, if there's anything you'd like to shout out, whether that be you on social media, website, your oh, business. All day. Yeah, definitely. Once upon a, at Once Upon a Flash on Instagram. Uh, same thing. It's facebook.com backslash O-U-A-F but the F spells flash. So you can find me on Facebook as once upon a flash. Uh, I am at that one girl. So T H A T the number one G Y R L in my personal uh, Instagram, which is basically full of the foolery that happens at my house with <laughs> five sons, a dog that's way too old and a crazy husband. So yeah, definitely feel free to follow. <laughs>